0: Uh, what got you there what got you got you got you there with got you there
1: got you there with got you there with what got you there with, what got you there with, got you there
2: with Today on What Got You There Sean is joined in the studio by the greatest lacrosse player of all time Casey Powell Casey's love for the sport started in the small town of Carthage New York and from there Casey went on to be a four-time All-American at Syracuse University While at Syracuse, Casey won a national championship and was the recipient of two NCAA Division I Most Outstanding Player awards. Since his college career, he's continued his success, ranking first in MLL history in points and won the league's MVP award at the age of 38 in 2014. Powell is also the only American-born player to ever be named NLL MVP. He's also gone on to lead a lacrosse nonprofit organization, the Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation, which supports lacrosse players, coaches, organizers, and enthusiasts from across the globe to preserve its powerful and unique culture, while also growing the game. In addition, he has a video game that bears his name, Casey Powell Lacrosse 16. Casey shares his passion for the game, and now him and his brothers went on to be the most accomplished lacrosse players of all time.
1: Casey, what's going on, my man? Not much. Great to be in the studio, Sean. Yeah.
0: Pumped to have you here. So obviously everyone heard your intro, know what you're all about,
1: but how'd you first get started with lacrosse? Uh, I was in fifth grade gym class and we had a new kind of hotshot gym teacher that fresh out of Cortland state that came in back to Carthage where he grew up. And um, he kind of took us under his wing. We lived right next to the elementary school and, and uh, we loved playing intramurals for him and football and basketball and wiffle ball and, Uh, One day he brought in a lacrosse stick to show the gym class and told us that Native American Warriors played it. And it's a combination of a lot of different sports. And we kind of were excited about it and um, went home to the dinner table that night. My brother Ryan's two years younger and Mike was in kindergarten. So same gym teacher um, and had had the same kind of presentation of what lacrosse was. So we were all excited about it and and talked for a week or two at the dinner table about lacrosse. And uh, my dad was listening and, and a few weeks after that came home with a few lacrosse sticks and we we're the first kids in town to have a stick. So um, that was our first uh, we started playing wall ball and a little, little bit in the backyard and um, some neighborhood kids showed up. And then uh, eventually down the road that that gym hotshot gym, gym teacher uh, started the program. Oh, program. awesome.
0: So, I mean, your dad went out, bought the sticks. I mean, I feel like you guys came from a small town. It wasn't probably easy finding sticks at the time, was it?
1: No, it wasn't. There's a town called Watertown, which is about 30 miles away. Uh, there's a sports sports store there called Klein's All Sports, and uh, he uh, somehow searched it out. Uh, he sold one of his shotguns to make the purchase, so he's there a big hunter, sold one of his <laughs> shotguns, and uh, came home with some sticks for the boys.
0: I mean, was your dad always like that? I mean, I feel like selling a shotgun and, and just buying these sticks for you guys.
1: So, I mean, was well, he always
0: making sure you guys were involved with sports?
1: No, it was more, uh, you know, when we were collecting baseball cards, he'd surprise us with a a full box of baseball cards, and it was like Christmas every... You know, every few months he'd he'd come up and do things like that. So he always pulled little things off like that. But he's more of a wheeler dealer type. So I don't think it had much to do with uh, keeping us in sports, but just uh, uh, you know appeasing uh, our interest at the dinner table.
0: Gotcha. So I mean, you guys had some legendary backyard games. Can you just talk about some of the guys that were involved in that, along with you and your brothers, and the guys like the Kaufmans?
1: yeah uh jason kaufman's the all-time leading scorer in collegiate history and he grew up two houses down and his brother josh was an all-american at syracuse and um uh we have a, a next door neighbor that lived right next door his name's joe Sileski, played at upenn we had a bunch of other guys that went on to play at uh, different levels as well so uh our backyards uh, not knowing at the time but we were fully stocked with uh national talent and future hall of famers so it was uh it was always the, the best times and uh, we, we always say that, you know, we've played in big games and world championships and national championships, but uh, the competition and the, the the fun and the passion that we played with in the backyard was uh, always our favorite. Yeah, I mean, so
0: you, your brother Ryan, your brother Mike, three of the legendary players of all time in this sport. I mean, what did you guys do growing up that really got you to that national spotlight?
1: Well, we played other sports um, that was, I think that was uh, important and uh, my Bad basketball shot led to my own selfishness in lacrosse. So I was more, uh, uh, willing to dish the ball and take pride in assists. And, <laughs> and, uh, I was a high school quarterback as well. So my decision-making, um, added up to, um, you know, my ability to uh, play lacrosse at a high level, but, uh, we played backyard uh, lacrosse, which now we call speed lacrosse, um, on a nightly basis. And when we weren't playing, um, in, in the backyard, we were next door at the, at the school wall. So, uh, T- always had the stick in her hand, um, and I mean, always had the stick in her hand. Uh, in fact, every pair of shorts I had, my mom would put a piece of yarn in one side and out the other, and I'd carry my stick around town like a holster, a <laughs> holster. And uh, never had a girlfriend during that time period, but um, always had my stick with me. So we uh, we uh, we never played to say, "Hey, I'm going to play to get recruited." We we just loved it. We loved to train. We loved to play catch. Uh, we'd love to see how many times we could get the ball off the wall in 60 seconds. And if Ryan started gaining on me or, you know, the older brother, and then I'd, you know, get out there the next morning and work a little bit harder. So we all pushed each other. Uh, the Kauffmans were a big part of uh, uh, what we did growing up. And, and Coach Venequacho, the, the gym teacher, um, uh, was a, a great educator and inspirer. So it was a perfect fit at a perfect time period and it, it worked out beautifully. Yeah. One thing that I love hearing it. I mean, we've talked about this all microphone before about
0: just your passion for the sport. And it wasn't, Hey, I'm going to be a Syracuse legendary player. It's like, no, I'm going to go out back and have fun. And now you're doing that with speed lacrosse. And I mean, what, what is speed
1: lacrosse? Uh, speed lacrosse is a three on three modified version of the game. Uh, the court size is 40 yards long, 20 yards wide, and it's about the same size as our backyard. So um, it's, uh, formalizing what we did in the backyard. It's capturing the, uh, the amount of touches and the development that we used, uh, uh, from the backyard games. And, um, and it's also, uh, just a lot of fun to play. So, uh, that's the style that we played in the backyard. And at the end of my career, I kind of looked back, you know, why, why was I so successful? Why are my brother so successful? And I, it all kind of led back to what we did playing speed lacrosse. And so a lot of stick work, but a lot of competition and reps, Um, I've had some some great shots that have happened at Syracuse and people. How'd you do that? Well, I've I've already done it a thousand times in my backyard. So it wasn't, uh, you know, something completely new or sporadic. But I've uh, fine tuned my game in the backyard by playing speed lacrosse. So uh, currently speed lacrosse is a game for development. It's a great uh, interactive game for people to be able to sample the game. All you need is a lacrosse stick. And uh, my goal down the road is to create a pro division as well. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, the the thing I love about speed lacrosse and what you guys did in the backyard is
0: just developing your creativity. I feel like today so many guys are just they're they're stuck in just this is the fundamental. This is how you do it. But you guys revolutionized the game with that creativity. Where did that first
1: come from? Um, Well, we grew up and when we started playing, um, there was no lacrosse in our town. So there's nobody telling us what to do. There's nobody saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Um, all we saw was, uh, what the gate brothers were doing at the time. We'd drive down a couple times a year and see the gate brothers and Hey, they were going between the legs and behind the back. And that's, that's lacrosse. So, uh, there was nobody there to restrict us from, from trying things. And, um, I go to clinics and I roll my eyes at some of the guys that I, some of the coaching that I hear sometimes like, no, you know, keep two hands on the stick and no behind the backs. And you know, they're telling kids what not to do, but I always, uh, encourage the kids to try everything um, that they can be creative. I think that's, what's cool about our game is whenever the ball's in your stick, you have the power to control the, the, the the game. You have the paintbrush in your hand and, um, you can create your, your own artistic canvas of the game. But, um, I think a lot of my success was due to the fact that I I wasn't restricted uh, growing up. I was able to play, uh, freelance coach Simmons recently said, uh, uh, you know, Casey was very good, not a lot of discipline, but very successful. So, um, I, I was able to, uh, you know, take my, my creativity and use it to the fullest. And it was a lot of trial and error though, like from, from the backyard. So, and obviously the bigger games. And as I moved up and playing into college, you try to, um, you know, fine tune your decisions and stuff like that. So, uh, I was able to grow, uh, I think perfectly as a lacrosse player where I was able to, uh, the first few years of my life kind of play a freelance, uh, style that, um, I was able to fine tune as my career, um, uh, went along. Yeah. You talk about progressing
0: in your career and, and ending up at Syracuse. I want to know, just we'll hit on lightly about your time at Carthage. When did you first start realizing, all right, maybe I might be pretty good at this. I might have a future in this.
1: Well, um, again, you know, nobody had gone to college uh, in my family and, and nobody had gone to college on an athletic scholarship uh, from our town. Uh, and uh, so it wasn't something I was thinking about or dreaming about. But after watching Syracuse, I certainly was inspired. And, um, you know, I would make the, be the, the Channel 7 Athlete of the Week. And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> or um, I'd make the Empire State Games, which was like the Olympics of New York State um, sports. And uh, that, that became a big deal. we 20 kids from the Syracuse area region. Um, uh, and I was the country boy for 90 miles away. But I somehow stayed in that region. Um, and we played other teams. And, and that became uh, kind of a big deal but, um, you know, junior, senior year, I was scoring tons of points. I was being named all American. I I knew I was kind of onto something here. Um, my senior year, I was uh, sitting in the back of my father's car on the way home from a game. And, and, um, I I said, dad, how'd I do? And and he kind of looked at me and said, not bad. And I said, well, dad, I just became the all time leading scorer in, in, in high school history. (laughs) And, uh, a couple of miles later, he pulled in for ice cream and said, get whatever you'd like. Oh, that is awesome. But um, I just, you know, it was just a natural progression. And then recruiters would start to come to the house and come to the dinner table and, um, you know, I'd get tons of letters and stuff like that. So uh, by junior and senior year, um, you know, I knew that uh, lacrosse was going to be a, a college opportunity for me. How many uh, high school points did you finish with? uh
0: 553 jesus yeah. <laughs> that's <just> unreal yeah. <laughs> so i mean then you step foot on campus at syracuse what's that like coming in obviously as a highly recruited freshman and then i mean you th- you're thrown to the wolves right away but you had some success what was that
1: like um well i never i've never doubted my abilities and i've never thought too much about um, the future. Can we hit
0: on that though? Never doubting your abilities. I think that's one of the reasons you're truly great is you had so much confidence and you realized the goals you were going to go after.
1: Yeah. I mean, I expected to play when I walked on campus. I expected to be there, um, in the starting lineup. And I was, um, I, um, you know, I, I was never cut from a sport. Um, I was successful in all the things that I tried and, um, You know, again, you know, with in in terms of lacrosse, I spent so much time training and preparing myself that um, I was I I never doubted the fact that I was wasn't ready. So um, I would, uh, you know, if I wasn't strong in certain areas, those are the areas that I would work on. So I tried to prepare myself to be as well-rounded as I possibly could. Uh, Again, going back to those other sports, they prepared football made me a lot tougher. Uh, Basketball, I loved the intensity of it. I played it as fast as I could. And they kind of built up my athleticism to the point where I knew I was ready and prepared. I spent a summer in Toronto playing box lacrosse, which uh, helped helped me tremendously as well, and it, it it all added up. So I knew when I went to Syracuse that I was uh, ready to go. And so you got to wear the coveted
0: number twenty two. Can you talk about getting that jersey? What that's like? How does that even happen? Well,
1: it's amazing. I um, you know I went to the, I went to Gary Gates Airgate game when he did the Airgate. Um, after watching Syracuse, uh, we'd go home and I'd be Gary gate in the backyard. Ryan would be Paul gate and my brother, Mike would be the opposing team's goalie. <laughs> but, uh, I always wanted to, I always, uh, I loved the way that they played, uh, the game. Um, they, they were amazing and creative and big and strong. It could do a lot of things that they wanted. Um, they also were great after the game, uh, interacting in the, in the stands and signing autographs and making eye contact and. Um, I'm like wow these these guys are awesome and it was a lasting impact so I always wanted to be uh, follow Gary Gate and then um, after that was Charlie Lockwood who wore the number 22 jersey a four-time all-american and national champion and uh, the timing was right I was there as a freshman and after a couple weeks of fall ball uh, coach Simmons came up and uh, uh, I remember walking through Manly Fieldhouse and he goes I dare you to wear number 22 and I was like let's go so that was the day uh You know, he kind of challenged me to be the next number 22, and um, I took it uh, that day and um, uh, really loved wearing it, representing uh, Charlie Lockwood and Gary Gate and uh, the the top gun at Syracuse. So, I mean, you mentioned Coach Simmons. What type of impact did that man have on you? Yeah, he didn't teach me much about lacrosse. I'll start there. Um, But he taught me a lot about life and culture and uh, making lacrosse your life. Um, It was uh, something that, um, you know, he's an artist, a sculptor. Uh, and that's kind of how he coached and, and taught uh, his kids is, uh, you know, in an artistic way and, um, things with deeper meaning. So, uh, he's a, he's a hero, a friend, um, and, uh, uh an unbelievable, uh, lacrosse coach, a, a great leader. So, uh, he made a big impact. And when I was in high school, I'd see him on the sidelines and, you know, he's almost like a, uh, a wizard, you know, with his hair flowing yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you're like, Whoa, this guy is, you know, amazing. Um, and uh, that was a big reason why I went to Syracuse, because of him. What, what
0: are some of the stories you have from your time there? Let's, let's first start on field. Any legendary games, games in the Dome that you remember, things like that?
1: Well, um, just as you said that, I remember my first game. It was at Georgetown. Um, I remember crying my eyes out uh, at, the, at Georgetown in the nation's capital, the national anthem playing, and I'm standing there with my socks up to my knees and the number 22 jersey on, and I just thought, wow, you know, here I am, I, all this hard work I put in and I'm, I'm actually living my dream right now. This is the start of it. Um, but, um, had, had great career. We won the national championship as a freshman. Um, just, uh, you know, the, the bus trips and traveling to new places was amazing. Going to top restaurants, places I've never been. And so it really opened my eyes to, uh, different things. Um, one national championship where, um, coach Simmons would always try to you know, rather than just go to a city, he'd bring us to a museum or a a Broadway show or something uh, culture wise. Well, one year we're on our way to the national championship. Um, and you get a police escort, which is cool, uh, from the hotel to the national championship game. And we're, we put some rap on, I think Dr. Dre, we're rocking some Dre and, and he stands up and turns it off and starts playing classical music. And we're all kind of looking around at each other and, and, uh, you know he blares the classical music for the last 10 minutes of the trip and we show up at the stadium and and he goes anybody know who that is and we're like um beethoven he's like that's mozart he goes mozart is the best at what he did you guys go be the best at what you do and like it you know we're listening to classical not really fired up but like little things like that the he made it relative and he would always do that he would always uh uh, make a point so uh, instantly we're fired up and wanted to go be the best at what we did uh, much more than just on
0: field I love that about coach Simmons someone I wish I could have gotten to play for I mean I'm also curious though freshman year you were a four-time first team all-american I mean when you're in the season your freshman year are you just kind of a, a dumb freshman almost and just going out there playing or are you kind of realizing your impact on the game well, I was second team as a
1: freshman. No, I'm a yeah. four-time All-American, four-time All-American. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was preseason player of the year the following year. Oh. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, but no, it was, um, I, I just knew. I just, again, I, I felt confident. Um, I had great teammates, Rob Cavavitt and Jim Morrissey, who I played with. Um, I competed with some of the other guys that had some playing time before, but um I was able to do a lot of things on the field I can shoot I can pass and I can dodge I can ride um pretty good at ground balls so uh my game was well-rounded and that put me in a position to, to to uh make an impact right away gotcha what was it like playing with your brother Ryan uh awesome uh always always was um again kind of you know you think about the backyard that's where we uh, created our mojo back there uh together um i thought I respected him a lot for going to syracuse he had an unbelievable high school career and he was highly titled as well full scholarship to syracuse uh, he was all-state football player um heck of an athlete wasn't as uh, athletic as i was so he had to always had to go uh work a little bit harder and uh that became his mo uh we call him rhino because uh, he lowers the shoulder and and uh leads with his horn out there but uh <laughs> he he's uh, had the ability to be a great leader and uh can take over games but it was uh, awesome to play with him a couple years at Syracuse where he was my roommate as well and then uh, we got to play with and against each other in pro lacrosse and Uh, The highlight of my career is playing my brother, Mike, and Ryan at the 2006 uh, U.S. National Team. Yeah, Ryan, not as athletic as you, but twice as good-looking.
0: I mean, it was (laughs) kind of cool seeing. One of the lasting memories I have of you guys was his senior year national championship game, 19 seconds left. My childhood, that was one of the most impactful moments. So can you talk about that moment, what happened there?
1: Yeah, um, so just a kind of prelude to the story is – I, was, I became the Syracuse all-time leading scorer. Two years later, I'm playing pro and um, doing lacrosse camps. And I go back to visit Ryan at, at campus, and I look in his, uh, go into his apartment. The walls were bare, kind of like your studio here, except he had one uh, Pamela Anderson poster hung up, and in marker written giant on the wall was it number 96. And I was like, hey, Ryan, what's 96? And he goes, that's how many points I need to tie your all-time record. I'm going for it. And, uh, the most points I had ever scored in a season was 83. The all-time record at the, uh, single season scoring record at the time was 104. So the, the goal was really lofty. Well, my brother, Ryan went on a tear. He went on an absolute mission. And, um, you know, in the, in the preseason, it started kind of at home. He'd be running through the snowbanks, Rocky style. And, um, he gets to Syracuse and his buddies are going out on the weekends and, they'd get back from the bars and they'd look out and Ryan was on the turf for the bucket of balls at two 30 in the morning. And they wake up the next morning and, and Ryan was running Hills, uh, on their way to class. And, uh, they, the whole team saw that he was on a mission and they stopped going out and they started, um, following Ryan and they would be on the turf and they would be running Hills. So his leadership led to kind of a revolution of the team. And, Fast forward to uh, Memorial Day, uh, 19 seconds left in the national championship. Ryan scores his 96th point and uh, ties the all-time record. Runs off, was not interested in, in uh, 97 points. He wanted to tie the record, and that's exactly what he did. And he was the um, national player of the year and a national champion, and that's how he ended his career. So yeah, really, really amazing. I just got chills you retelling that story. And why do you think it was that he just wanted to tie his big brother? Um, I think that he's, he was a little bit, always in the shadow. Um, like there'd be newspaper articles, you know, Casey Powell had five goals and his brother had three, uh, sometimes, (laughs) Uh, so he was, he lived, he lived in my shadow for a little while. And, uh, that was proof that, Hey, I'm just as good. Um, I, I, I want to be just as good. I I don't want to be better, but I want to, I want people to know I'm just as good. And he went out and did that. Um, I think he made his mark for sure got you so i mean unbelievable
0: story you have the two brothers who are tied and then this guy named mikey comes along (laughs) what can you can you talk
1: about uh your young brother mikey yeah he's uh he's the most talented person i've ever seen in anything that he does um we call him a renaissance man because he could uh he could build your house he could take a video and make a documentary uh, about it and then uh, he could build a, a sports field outside and and run a production and and be the star of the, of the sport. So, uh, he can do a little bit of everything. Um, but, uh, sports wise, he was always a showman. He, um, and you know, he'd be our ball boy for all the sports and, um, you know, basketball at halftime, you'd hear, you know, coach would be talking to you. You'd hear the crowd roar and he'd look up, peek out. And Mike was shooting half court, you know, shots. <laughs> <Just and> entertaining. <laughs> entertaining. Uh, lacrosse. You know, he'd live for, he'd be the ball boy, the whistle blow. He'd run out in between periods and <laughs> behind the backs and the, he'd woo the crowd. So he was always a, a great showman, uh, unreal quickness. Um, Ryan and I take a little bit of credit for his quickness. We, in our backyard, we had a, um, big big uh, fence but anytime the ball went over the fence there was a giant dog a uh, german shepherd named baron and uh, <laughs> it was tied to the house and had a a running line that could go almost all the way to the fence well well baron would always sit at the, at the back porch and as soon as mike's we'd always make mike go get the ball so anytime mike would jump on a stump jump over the fence as soon as his feet landed that's when baron would take off try to eat mike And uh, Mike would always, you know, run as fast as he could, pick up the ground ball and jump the fence. And the dog would be barking and, you know, almost uh, bite him in the ass. But um, it was, uh, yeah, he's just, he's an unbelievable athlete. Uh, He can do flips. He can, you know, uh, he was set the school record in basketball for 56 points in a game in a, you know, 86-84 loss. Um, He could have played football. He could have played soccer. And uh, he's just dynamite and electric. His change of direction is still one of the best I've ever seen. And he came to Syracuse, um, had a little bit of uh, adversity where he didn't love it at certain times, um, but he stuck with it, and uh, he's a four-time first-team yeah, All-American. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he shattered the record. <laughs> Who played in more games, though? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I went back and did some research, Sean, and uh, they both played in more games. Mike will tell you, because, yeah, we one more national championships (laughs) but uh points per game i the big brother still has the there you go family record
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great
1: funny story about mike so for for the non-lacrosse people
0: who are listening to this mike is one of the most athletic people i've ever seen but mike is not very tall so after one of their national championship games i think it was up at uh up at ruckers so mike was nice enough comes out of the locker room signing autographs for everyone so i'm in fifth, sixth grade, hanging out there about to get his autograph. My dad comes over. He goes, Sean, we've been waiting an hour for this guy, Mike, to come out. When the hell is this guy coming out? He's standing right next to me, but we're the same height. My dad <laughs> thought Mike was just another kid <laughs> hanging out with all of us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was just too funny. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, They believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory, attention, and brain health. I also have been using their Cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Suniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and washhouses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to DSTLD.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end costs. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to DSTLD.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. It it was just cool kind of seeing the progression and the legendary pal constantly having success. What about after Syracuse? What was next? I mean, pro lacrosse, was that even an option for you at the time? Well,
1: my dream was to always play uh, at Syracuse, um, you know, once I got into high school and I knew that lacrosse was going to be my thing. Uh, So I wanted to go have a, I wanted to wear number 22. I wanted to be as close as I could to be Gary Gate and play for Coach Simmons. And that's exactly what happened. And um, athletically, that was my dream. And that was my goal. And senior years coming around and my dream had come true. So I'm satisfied. Um, But uh, I get selected number one pick in the National Lacrosse League draft, uh, box lacrosse for the Rochester Nighthawks and um so i go and i get drafted and i'm kind of half into it i i made some uh good money doing some endorsement deals and things like that first time i ever had money in my life um you know it's kind of uh, uh living the high life traveling around meeting tons of awesome people um doing camps and clinics and helping design product and stuff like that so i was having a great time and I kind of half-assed uh, box lacrosse for two years with the Nighthawks. I didn't go to practice much and, yeah, you know, I didn't earn the respect of my teammates. And after doing that for two years, I, you know what, this isn't, I don't think this is for me. And then as soon as that, I made that decision um, uh, major league lacrosse was about to start. We're like, Hey, we're going to do a summer showcase. We're picking the 40 best players in the world. We want you to be one of them. We're going to split them into two teams. We're going to travel to, different cities so we did that and ryan was was uh on board uh with me and we got to travel around and then uh the following summer the the league started there's all sorts of uh really cool excitement around it and um and then i kind of got back into box lacrosse i moved to southern california and anaheim uh started a franchise out there and it was right in my backyard so i decided to try box lacrosse again so um for the next uh many years i played both uh, both box lacrosse and uh, major, and major league lacrosse. So it was a, a really cool experience. I got to play in a lot of great cities um, in, throughout North America. Uh, a lot of great guys, great coaches, great teammates. I, I learned a lot along the way, but uh, had some unbelievable experiences throughout. Yeah, well, what are some of your favorite experiences
0: throughout or, or different relationships you had, some of the guys that you just remember, fun times in the locker room, off the field, things like that?
1: Well, John Grant Jr. comes to mind. Um, I, in my first lacrosse camp in eighth grade, John Grant Jr. was there and his father was there. And he's the first guy that I ever saw, like, do stick tricks, like, casually. He's showing me some tricks. And I was like, whoa. And that kind of opened my eyes to things. And and John and I, uh, who are great friends, um we were kind of rivals you know we uh, if if john was named the the best player at camp in the next summer i'd want to go and i'd work hard like i want to be the best player so we'd kind of go back and forth throughout our entire career that way um but uh players like him are, are really special he he kind of lived uh the life that i did in terms of um you know devoting a lot of time to professional lacrosse and uh, whereas other a lot of other guys had other jobs and stuff john and i were able to um uh just be um players like that but um just you know the lacrosse world is full of awesome guys and um that that was what stands out to me is uh the how how, how amazing the experience that i had uh with all these all these great guys like like a john Grant jr
0: yeah i mean I think that's one of the unique things about lacrosse and also still how small of a sport it is where you get to have access to players like this. And you mentioned when you were growing up just how unbelievable Gary Gate was. And I, I, it's hilarious, hold on. So, so getting ready for this, I knew you were in town. So I found this photo. So this was when I was in the sixth grade. And so you were playing at an event. I was lucky enough to be playing there as well. And so um, you are nice enough. We're talking for a minute or two. My dad embarrasses me, makes you come over, get a photo. And then you say, hold on a second. And you go and you get your Rochester Nighthawk gloves. And for you, I mean, you were the Michael Jordan of the sport. And for you to do that. So here's this picture of a young Sean Delaney and Casey Powell. Oh,
1: my goodness. From
0: a Team Toyota event. Wow. And so when you mentioned that a little while ago about Gary Gate and how he was nice enough to talk and for...
1: Is that a shell necklace I'm wearing? (laughs) (laughs) The puka shell
0: necklace, right? Everyone had to be in style. And for you to give back to the players who looked up to you, I think that was one of the coolest things that ever could have happened to my career trajectory. And that really helped me out. So I think lacrosse gives that platform to so many people. And you continue to do that. We were at that event last night. You had a bunch of young kids who were looking up to you, and you were just you were spending as much time as possible for photos, autographs. Where does that come from?
1: Well, that came, as I said earlier in the podcast here, that came from kind of the interaction I had with the Gate Brothers and Syracuse University, and all the great coaches that I used to um, be around at this my summer. All, it was called All American Lacrosse Camp in uh, Hamilton, New York. Um, they gave me the time, um, and they they um, it made a huge impact on me. And, you know, you have the picture, you remember it. Yeah. Uh, same thing with me. Like, I remember those interactions I had when I was a kid. Um, it's a big deal. And um, so I've always used my ability uh, at, you know, if I'm looked up to, uh, to give back and to try to make a difference and spend a little time with everybody because it does make a big impact. So uh, I think more and more lacrosse players are like that. I think that's really unique to our sport that we all like to give back. And we we all used to be that kid. Uh, that little kid. Um, so, uh, if you're, if you find yourself lucky enough to, uh, be, uh, in, in that, um, spotlight and, uh, uh, can make an impact, then it's, uh, it's, uh, something that's really special.
0: One thing I also want to hit on is, I mean, we were talking about just Ryan's preparation during his senior year. And obviously you worked your ass off throughout the years and you, you see certain kids today, is all they want to do is, hey, I, I got recruited to Hopkins, so I'm playing there, and then they're satisfied. I mean, you were someone who was never satisfied, it seemed like. Where did that come from? And I also want to know kind of what what did your training look like?
1: Um, yeah, I um, you know, I have this ring on. It's a Hall of Fame ring, but but I have a lot of rings. And uh this is the only one i wear. Uh it's new, but uh there's no other ring better. But um I didn't settle with where I was I always wanted more and uh, whether it was a national championship or world championship um, it it wasn't about what I did it's what what I want to do and that was um, my path for lacrosse I was able to have so many opportunities to try to one-up my last performance and be better but um, a lot of it was kind of like the backyard style I didn't think about you know if it was Wednesday I was playing I didn't think about what I did on Tuesday I was thinking about you know what am I going to do here tonight to play and so I played kind of my whole career like that is, uh, living in the moment. Um, there's a Bible verse that, um, uh, coach Simmons would always write on the board 11824. And it's, uh, kind of broken down is like, um, basically today's the, the day, um, live it. And that's kind of what I did with my lacrosse uh, career. I, um, I lived for the day. I lived for the game, lived for the moment. And, uh, in terms of training, um, I highly doubt that, that anybody worked harder than me. Um, but I enjoyed it. It wasn't like, ah, oh, here I go. I loved it. I'd take my stick. I'd run through the woods. I'd run upstairs. I'd, um, you know, see how many times I could split dodge, uh, during a football game in, in my kitchen, you know, watching, um, watching lacrosse, but, uh, I'd run to practice, you know, my, my buddies would drive by me with a car full of guys, but I'd be on my three mile run to practice and run home. And, um, you know i always found the way to uh outwork uh what i what i perceived to be uh you know an, enough um so uh, i always prepared um at a very high level uh, a lot of uh, kind of rocky style um not you know any uh, specific uh, weightlifting routine but uh, i'd always uh, prepare my legs so i'd work on my first step explosion uh, all the time i tried to be the the hardest worker in line drills to set the tone uh, for practice And, um, I would be, you know, the first guy to practice and I'd stay after practice and shoot and, you know, work on some other things like that. So, uh, I spent a lot of time fine tuning my craft, but I really enjoyed that part of it.
0: Yeah. Where did that work ethic come from? I mean, because obviously you, your brother so successful. Did your parents do certain things that instilled that in you?
1: Yeah, I think so. My dad was a really hard worker. He worked in a paper mill and we'd see him strap his boots on and he'd come home at dinner time. you know, he'd be all dirty and sweaty and, um, You know, we knew that he was a hardworking guy and uh, he really liked that. So we we had a great example of that at home. And then we knew what hard work was. But uh, we also had this great, really comfortable neighborhood that we lived in that we were able to go out and have fun. So, you know, you put working hard with having fun and, and great things happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, before this podcast, we were talking, you were telling me kind of some stories about your dad's approach. I mean, when you guys were coming off the field, was he one of those parents who were just telling you guys what you did wrong?
1: Nope. Uh, never, uh, <laughs> no, <it wasn't. laughs> never said, never said a word, never, uh, never said a word, uh, about the game. And I loved that. I still love it. Um, he let lacrosse be our thing. Um, so that was really important in looking back and reflecting is, uh, lacrosse was mine, mine to, uh, experience and, uh, to win, to lose, uh, to develop, uh, to get recruited, to not get recruited. Um, it was, uh, it was all up to me. And, uh, that's what makes me proud of, of my career is um, my parents were there to nurture and help me and, and all the other things in life. But they let sports be my thing. And I thought that was awesome.
0: You mentioned kind of being proud. What are some of the proudest moments of your career? I know you, you played for Team USA. I guess first off, what was it like wearing the red, white and blue?
1: Uh, that was always the best. Um, I had a poster when I was young with a USA jersey on it, uh, USA player on it. And, uh, man, you know, you, you look at that and it still kind of gives me goosebumps um, to eventually go and to represent. And, you know, it's an every four year process. It's the top 20 players uh, in, in the world. And I, and I did it a bunch of times. Um, uh, very proud uh, to wear that, to represent what it means, not only from a patriotic standpoint, but it also means you're one of the best players in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't let anybody uh, wear it so it's uh it's the most uh special thing that you can do in lacrosse and that's represent the usa
0: any unbelievable moments during your time with team usa something that really stands out
1: well in 1998 um i had just gotten out of school um i had a i had a knee injury um, that i suffered in one of the usa exhibition games a torn mcl but i still played uh coach Tierney was the coach and he had the opportunity to replace me with one of the alternates, but he decided to keep me, uh, even though I was only about like 60%. Um, but, uh, I played, uh, he, he, for the gold medal game, he chose me to, to bring the flag out of the locker room. Uh, and, uh, that was, that was a big deal to me. Uh,
0: why did he pick you?
1: Um, I think, I don't know. I think, uh, he knew how bad I wanted to uh, be at full strength to play. Um, But he knew I wasn't, so it was the first time I'd I'd ever been injured in my life. It was hard to take, um, especially I was playing probably the best lacrosse of my life and uh, wanted to make a big impact. But um, that was uh, uh, the game that we were up uh, 13 to two against Canada, and they came back and tied it, and we ended up winning in overtime. And a lot of people call it the greatest game ever. Um, Obviously, if um, we were on the comeback side, I'd maybe consider that, but uh, we, we obviously, when we were up 13-2, to two, uh, didn't play very well for a while, but the Gate brothers, John Tavares, John Grant Jr., Colin Doyle, uh, so many uh, unbelievable players uh, played in that game. Uh, Sal Acasio is our goalie, made a huge save um mark millen you know it was it was an amazing game
0: so i mean that was before dvr and i recorded that game on vhs and i'm telling you i wore that tape just then i mean you couldn't watch it anymore how many times i watched that game it was one of the coolest games to see growing up so yeah just just fun reliving those moments with team usa what about some other historical type moments in your career whether it be syracuse and the pros any other times that really come front of mind
1: yeah at syracuse i had um my best game ever um I, I, similar to what I talked about with my brother, Ryan, I, I went on a a mission myself, uh, my junior year, I said, Hey, I want to make a, you know, big impact here. So when I went home for Christmas break, um, I did I did, uh, anything, but, uh, but take a, take a break. I, I was doing the same things kind of my brother, Ryan did a few years after that, but I would run the snow banks. Um, you know, in the middle of the night, I'd be running through fields of snow with my lacrosse stick and full, gloves and mittens and boots and uh, scarf, you know, you can barely see, but I'd be envisioning myself playing. And so I went on a mission. I was in the best shape of my life, uh, showed up for junior year. We were playing. We were ranked number two in the country. First game of the season, Virginia was number one. And uh, the dome was packed, 18,000 fans. And uh, first game of the season, I was in awesome shape. I played midi, I played attack. And we were down 19 to 12 in the third quarter, and we came back and beat them 22 to 21. So never gave up. Um, I set the Syracuse single game scoring record, seven goals, six assists.
0: Not a bad day at the office. Not a bad day at the office.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was that was my my best, uh, my most uh, impactful game that I ever played. in. so, um, again, it didn't just happen. It it was a it was a, you know, six weeks of uh, uh, training uh, that that led up to that moment.
0: One thing you hit on is you're talking about your runs in the middle of the night and just kind of what the story was in your head during that time. And you just kind of living out those certain moments. I remember doing the exact same thing, whether I was pretending I was Casey Powell out there in the national championship. Do you you think kids are doing that these days? And can you kind of talk about
1: that narrative in your head while you were training? Yeah. You know, I hope kids are doing that for sure. Um, I think I I would have to say you have to be, Um, you know, especially a lot of these kids that are turning into unbelievable lacrosse players. You have to have a, a passion for it. You have to have uh, some sort of a vision and an association. And, um, but, uh, I was always just, uh, I would always, I heard this, uh, uh, quote once the legs feed the wolf and, um, meaning the wolf is your spirit and your fantasy and the legs will feed that. Um, so you always have to prepare your legs to be, to, to feed your, your, uh, your dreams and your fantasies. So the legs feed the wolf. Um, and I, and I certainly believe in that. So, uh, for me, it was always working on my running, my running motion, uh, my, my pop, my first step, uh, my stride. And uh, obviously, as you're doing this, you're building endurance, you're building strength. And um, and then, you know, mentally, you're building fantasy. So when you get into these moments, you feel you feel right about it. What would you
0: be doing if you didn't play lacrosse?
1: Um, I feel confident that I'd be a multimillionaire uh, retired baseball player right now
0: really <laughs> see I but you actually do you you really
1: I really do I really do
0: I see <laughs> what what I'm so fascinated by is this confidence and I people always ask me like you had a successful career why and I always said the self-confidence yeah. there was never a time where I stepped on the field and I didn't think I'm gonna go out there and dominate right and I, I'm just so I I don't know where it came from For me I think my my parents allowed me to figure out certain things. And I'm just curious, how, where does that confidence come from for you?
1: You know, I don't know. I, I, I always associated myself watching sports with the best player. Like, I'd see Larry Bird and, you know, and then you learn Larry Bird's story. Larry Bird wasn't blessed with great athletic ability, but Larry Bird learned it in the backyard. And that's why I feel confident. Whatever I was into, I knew I would uh, go above and beyond what it took to be the best I could be at it. And uh, I'm good size. Um... I'm uh, a good athlete, and with the drive that I had, I just feel like I could have could have done a lot of different things. Um, I love hockey. I just couldn't skate. Um, (laughs) Might might need to be able to do that. (laughs) Might be able to do that. And you know, and and but yeah, I I think uh, I could have done something in another sport um, for sure. Um, And I love you know from aside from sports, I love teaching. I love kids. I love being around. Uh, making an impact. So if it wasn't sports related, it'd be kind of doing what I'm doing now. And that's educating uh, young kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, you truly have a special talent, just connecting with the young kids and just kind of really giving back to them. It's kind of cool to see a couple months ago, or I think it might have been a month ago, inducted into the Hall of Fame. What's that like?
1: Uh, The cream of the crop. Um, It was awesome. The uh, moment I found out about my induction, I instantly thought back. To my brothers uh i thought back about carthage i thought back about all my coaches all my teammates so uh it was an awesome journey so much fun uh uh and to be recognized as one of the the best players uh in the history of the sport um at the induction uh was was amazing who do you view as the best player of all time uh gary gate yeah yep and paul gate and I'd say my brother Mike is right up there as well. And John Grant Jr. is in, in certainly in my top five.
0: Funny Gary Gates story. So I, I'd always heard about the legend. This was before social media. So I didn't really, I'd only seen him with his helmet on. So he, he's coming to do this shooting demo at this camp. And I mean, I haven't slept in a week. I know he's showing up. So we, we walk out on the field and there's this big, burly, massive man and he's great. and i'm like who is this old man out here about to teach us and here it is the legendary gary gate and he yeah. puts on one of the most unbelievable shooting demos i've ever seen but yep. yeah gary yep. it was incredible and and i wish there was more film of that time to watch because yeah. i could just go back and watch those films forever yeah absolutely who who are some of your favorite teammates of all time obviously we mentioned ryan what about besides one of your brothers
1: um well i i you know, I keep bringing them up, but John Grant Jr. was, uh, awesome to play with, uh, Jesse Hubbard. I love playing with on the, on the U S national team. Um, Gavin Prout, uh, uh, playing indoor was a lot of fun. Uh, Jim Morrissey and Rob Kavavit and Rick Beardsley, um, were all, uh, you know, amazing, uh, uh, and great teammates, but, uh, quite frankly, they're just, I played on so many teams. Um, every team I played on, I had a, a couple guys that, you know, you would uh, associate the most with. So I was really lucky to, to play with some of the best guys and the best players uh, in the history of the game. What about any arch nemesis? Uh, not too bad. I mean, sure, you know, you, you'd like to beat up on those Baltimore guys. And, you know, I think that upstate New York's better than Long Island lacrosse. But uh, uh, not, not any real huge uh, nemesis. Uh, I think the best defender I ever played was a guy named Christian Cook uh, who, uh, played at Princeton and he had my number, but he wasn't a nemesis. He's too nice of a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything you didn't accomplish in your career? Um, nope, nope. I, um, did everything that I wanted to do. Um, but I think the best was, again, it's just the, the opportunity to play. I got to play and, um, I was at some points in my career playing 30 weekends a year professionally, both NLL and MLL. And, uh, you know, looking back, those are the, the, the great moments and the, and the great times. I mean, so what is that like? You were the best
0: in the world at certain times. I mean, is that just kind of, wow, you step back for a second during that
1: time or did you just continue playing? Just continue playing. Yeah. Just continue playing. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to have, uh, you know, when I first started playing Major League Lacrosse, I wasn't in tip-top condition for about four or five years. I was just kind of going out and playing. Um, to look, you know, to do it all over again, I would have kind of... Did what i did at syracuse and got in the best shape of my life and and you know try to make a bigger impact so i was just kind of playing on the weekends and um you know having fun with it but um yeah it's just it's just been a, a great journey
0: what about some funny stories i know i know you got some legendary stories probably growing up uh in the backyard with mike ryan and then at syracuse anything come to mind
1: well a lot of the stories when i play pro or some of the stories when i play pro i can't can't say for, you know <laughs> teammate wise um but uh you know lot just the the bus trips are are always great and i have some good jokes and i always get the the uh the uh the rookies on the jokes i you know at the end of my career i got lyle thompson on a good one so um you know joking around having fun we'd uh do little things you know uh, we'd be on a road trip and everybody put five dollars in at the um, baggage claim whoever's bag came out first won the money uh, we'd play credit card roulette all the time. Always a fun one. <laughs> Always a fun one where, you know, all the rookies we'd have a, you know, three thousand dollar dinner bill on our team and uh, everybody throw their credit card in and uh one guy has to pay it. A so. poor rookie, that's his entire salary yeah, every yeah. the year. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> it, it stung a couple of rookies, but uh things like that. You know, we'd take rookies bags and uh, you know, as they're coming down to baggage claim and take each item of their bag and put it on the as the you know on the on the, um, belt when it's coming out and they, you know, see all their stuff go by individually. (laughs) A lot, lot of fun stuff like that. So what's next for Casey Powell?
0: We obviously hit on speed lacrosse. I know you have the world lacrosse foundation. You kind of want to talk about that.
1: Yeah. I, um, I run, uh, throughout the course of my career, um, I would always be asked, Hey, you know, my teammate has cancer. Can you send an autographed Jersey here? Or, Hey, this, you know, this guy's sick. Can you, um, make a phone call for me and say, hi, he's a big fan of yours. Um, so at the end of my career, I kind of looked back and I knew that there was kind of a need for that. There's a lot of people, a lot of people with cancer and, in lacrosse and understanding the community that we all have. I wanted to do something really special. So, um, my fiance, Heather and I started the, um, World Lacrosse Foundation. Our mission is to support severely injured and sick lacrosse players and their families. And what we do is kind of create support moments um, for these families to let them know that there's a, a community behind them, and we figure out ways uh, to help, whether it's uh, monetary or um, uh, you know just uh, supportive. Uh, currently, we we represent about eight families. And uh, for instance, there's a there's a young boy in Utah, and uh, he had a brain tumor. I flew out to to meet with him and uh, visit him at the hospital, and became friends with him and his family. And then I uh had the university of utah with marcus holman and and, uh, brian holman and adam gittleman and will manny uh had them kind of you know go over and uh adopt him basically the university of utah and then i hooked him up with park city youth lacrosse as well so created a network of support for him and his family and uh it's been uh, very rewarding so uh, we do a lot of cool stuff like that where we uh help people we figure out what they need and uh, we let them know that there's a lacrosse community behind them that supports them so um, I'll be doing that the rest of my life for sure. It's uh, It's been the most rewarding uh, thing of my career.
0: Yeah, no, I love the impact you're having there. How can the listeners get involved with that?
1: Um, you can go to worldlacrosse.org and um, there's ways to get involved, whether you like to make a donation or um, uh, do a fundraiser of some sort in your town, or uh, you can also refer a player if there's somebody in your community that may need some support. But uh, we're always looking for fun and creative ways uh, to uh, build our following and uh, build our presence within the community. Um, my hopes with this thing are in years from now is when some lacrosse player is sick or injured that they instantly think of us and we can uh, step in and 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 be the support group that they need.
0: I mean, we're definitely going to get that linked up in the show notes. I I highly encourage our listeners to get involved with that, support that. It's a tremendous cause, one that's just doing so much good in the world. So, Casey, before I ask kind of the final question here, I, I just want to thank you for inspiring me throughout my career. I can truly say you, as a lacrosse player, had more of an impact than anyone else throughout my entire career. I mentioned you hooking me up with those gloves as a young lacrosse player and just the posters on the wall. So it's been really cool, unique experience for me to get to ask you all these questions. But if you had one final message for the listeners, what would it be?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. That's, uh, that's awesome. It's great to know that I've had an impact. Um, makes me proud uh, of what I've done, and uh, certainly you you, uh, had an awesome career as well. But um, I would just say um, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the day. Enjoy your friends, um, and uh, give it all you got.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. Awesome. Well, Casey, thank you for joining us on What Got You There. Cool. Thank you. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new Brain Stick Pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and one of the cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase.
1: What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there
0: with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a review on itunes and also share with your friends thanks so much looking forward to talking with you next time if you want to stay up to date on all things i'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at what got you there head over to whatgotyouthere.com. you you'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing thanks to justin great for providing us the intro and outro song If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.